Hey guys, I hope you're having a good day. What is a good day? A good day is one that starts and ends spending time with our wonderful Lord. I want you to read James chapter 1 verses 9 through 12 today. And we're going to ask the question, how can I consciously realize that riches and material things will vanish someday? Who wants to be a millionaire? Who wants to be bankrupt? Whether you're married or hope to be married someday, the traditional wedding vows have not changed much. I, your name, take thee, the other name, to be my wedded husband or wife, to have and to hold from this day forward, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish till death do us part, according to God's holy ordinance, and thereto I pledge myself to you. The better, worse, richer, poorer, sickness, health part of this commitment points to the changing, transient, temporal world we live in. James 1, 1 through 4 emphasizes mature patience. James 1, 5 through 8 emphasizes mature wisdom. Both mature patience and mature wisdom have very immature enemies. One of the characteristics of immaturity is that it focuses on the right here, right now, and refuses to see how their cravings impact next month or next year or even our next life. Impatience wants more and more now, not realizing that compared with eternity, the stuff we accumulate today will be gone tomorrow. Foolishness spends the majority of its existence getting all that it can into huge, beautiful barns, only to die and leave it all for someone else to worry about. Jesus, as always, illustrates this for us in Luke 12, verses 16 to 22. Jesus spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain man yielded plentifully, and he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there I'll store all my crops and all my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be that you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. One of the reasons God tells us to love not the world is because of its temporal, short-lived, paled in comparison with eternity existence. He says, for all that is in the world, the lust of flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, it's not of the Father, it's of the world. And the world passes away, and the lusts are of. But he that does the will of God abides forever. Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted. James 1.9 is a little tricky to understand if you miss the word brother. Literally, the Christian brother living in temporary poverty should take pride in his exalted position as a child of God. James was writing to his Jewish believing friends who were scattered abroad, driven from their homes, their families, and their businesses living in exile and poverty. How can you rejoice when you've lost everything? How can you be joyful when you have been economically deprived of everything you have ever worked for? The secret is focus, brother, to get our eyes off of material possessions and focus them on spiritual treasures we must remind ourselves that the temporal nature of our current poverty disappears when we stand in the presence of our Heavenly Father as sons of God and brothers of Christ. My exalted position as a child of God is eternal. My temporal, economically low degree will wither away as a dried out weed scorched by the sun. Commentator John MacArthur describes our exalted brother in this way. 
quote, James is speaking of a legitimate form of pride that even the most destitute Christian can have in his high position as a child of God and in the countless blessings that position brings. He may be hungry, but he has the bread of life. He may be thirsty, but he has water of life. He may be poor, but he has eternal riches. He may be cast aside by men, but he has been eternally received by God. He may have no home on earth, but he has a glorious abode in heaven. When God, in his wisdom and sovereignty, takes away physical possessions from some of his children, it's for the purpose of making them spiritually mature, a blessing infinitely more valuable than anything we have lost and have wanted but never possessed. But the rich, in that he is made low. Now, what does this mean? Just as temporary poverty forced the exiled brothers to focus on their eternal treasures as sons and daughters of a king, so the wealthy should rejoice when the terror and trials of economic downturn, bankruptcy, and financial ruin cause them to see the futility and fleeting importance of material possessions that will fade away and be no more. Again, John MacArthur explains it better than I could. Quote, the loss of material things is meant to drive the rich person to the Lord and to greater spiritual maturity, blessing, and satisfaction. And at the same point, the rich and the poor are exactly alike. Neither material possessions nor lack of them is of any ultimate consequence. What is of significance is a trusting relationship to the Lord, who showers all of his children with spiritual wealth that will never diminish or fail to satisfy. So when both the rich and the poor endure the temptation to trust in riches, money, and things, and refuse to give in to the lure of temporary material possessions as the source of their joy, they express both their love for the Lord and their faith in God's eternal promises and provisions. We can all rejoice with such an eternal focus. Hey guys, our time is up for now. But remember, today's the day the Lord made. Let's rejoice. Let's be glad in it. And I hope that you have a good, good day.